Welcome to episode 6 of Unraveling the Web, the podcast that explores the internet, digital culture, and how a vast, formless universe of information manages to have such a personal and intimate presence in our daily lives. I'm your co-host, Nicholas. And I'm the co-host who couldn't think of a good introduction, Jason. How's it going, Nick? (laughs) Not too bad. Today, we are going to be diving into one of the more mysterious and less understood aspects of the internet, the dark web. We will briefly dive into its history, why it's referred to as dark, what kind of content can be accessed there, as well as how to access it, and of course, why should the listener care? But before we dive into the unlit underbelly of the internet, let's take a look at some more recent internet-related news. What do you have for us this month, Jason? First up, you guys remember, um, I think we talked about it last last uh, episode, we talked about the ransomware attack that happened to that meatpacking company. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, well the perpetrators of that hack, uh, JBS was the meatpacking company, uh, the, the, the perpetrators, Revil, uh, has struck again, and this time it is a big deal. In fact, it's considered uh, right now to be one of the largest ransomware attacks ever. So, on uh, Friday, the, what's today's date? Today's the 11th. Today's the 11th. Uh, So, Friday the 2nd. Okay, so right before 4th of July weekend, right? Uh, There was an announcement that a IT management software called Mm -hmm. Kaseya, Kaseya, yeah, we'll go with that, Kaseya, um, had been hacked and this is a big deal because this IT management software then goes out to companies that manage IT for other companies and it just kind of spreads out in like a spider web so this is what's called a uh, a uh, hold on I have to think of it I don't want to have to look (laughs) at my notes I've got this supply. You got chain. this. I do. It's called a supply a supply chain hack. Okay, so basically, okay. Uh, the hackers attack um, a part of a supply chain that's providing like a product or <coughs> service, uh, and through that, inject their ransomware into like say a uh, software patch. Uh, and then that gets pushed out to a bunch of companies who then provide services and products to other companies who then are now, and as it goes through that list, you've now, you infected one machine, which then infects 10 machines, that then infects 100 machines. You can see that it grows quite quickly. Um, yeah. How many, how many companies in total did they ever say? I've, how many? I, I've only heard is in the thousands from some of the reports that I've seen. Um, 
with uh, reports that the uh, ransom totals up to around $70 million in Bitcoin. Wow. It's all about three Bitcoins. (laughs) (laughs) Not not quite, but it's getting there. Um, Got to keep on riding it to the moon. Um, No, so... It's a big deal. Uh, yeah, definitely. There have just been a thousand companies all hit with uh, a ransomware attack um, by uh, Revil. Um, this gang—they're from—they're uh, from Russia. I, okay. I think I may have mentioned this last time that the way that a lot of their um, malware and their ransomware works is it will actually look at a target machine and see if it has the Russian alphabet on its uh, uh, on its like default languages. And if it does, sure. it will avoid that machine. So it, Interesting. it only targets machines that are not Russian. Huh. So it's That's actually really clever. It is extremely clever because, I mean, either A, they are state-sponsored and the Russian government is paying them to do these attacks as some form of cyber operation or or B uh, they're doing it that way uh, to avoid prosecution in their own country whether it be Russia or Ukraine or something like that sure Um, and the Russian government even even if they're not state sponsored if if the hacking group is attacking the right people they tend to turn a blind eye exactly Um, and it's not like it's not like Russia's going to like find these people and turn them over to the United States or the UK or Germany. They don't. Right. They're not going to. Do we even have an extradition agreement with them? I mean, uh, not particularly. Not unless it's like transfer of spies. Like it's still the fucking right. Cold War. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So it's still kind of. I mean, I think it, depending on the political circumstances, there may be, but. Um, right. But no, not really. I mean, that's why you have, you know, uh, guys like um, um, Edward Snowden living in Russia. It's because right. we can't get them from there. And right. they don't and, have a formal agreement. Yeah, and they're not going to give them to us. Sure. Um, and it's, you know, Revil is, you know, doesn't... One thing that makes it seem that Revil is not state-sponsored is that everything they do is purely financially motivated uh they're in it for the money now that doesn't mean 100 percent that it's not state sponsored because i mean if we look at north korea's hacking gangs uh those are all definitely state sponsored and that's a mass majority of where uh, oh yeah north korea gets its money well god i mean can you even have a business in north korea without it being approved by no the god uh, the god king uh, no, it, you know, that's kind of, you know, it's communism. Uh, right. it's Everything is state sponsored. Everything is owned by the state. Yeah. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, their state isn't democratic. It's totalitarian. And, and so instead of the people owning it, one guy owns everything. Eh, not great. But we're not a political podcast. We're an Internet podcast. And let's talk about more Internet shit. So. <laughs> Do, 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 do. I got another story for you. So remember um, websites that were like trying to be the next big social media, but for like the right political wing? You know, oh, yeah. Like, was it like um, Telegram and stuff like that? Well, there was Telegram, but 
and um, Parlor and yeah, uh, Parlor. That's what it was. I couldn't remember. And uh, was there one like Gab or something like Gab, that? Gab, that was a good yeah. one. Yeah, and then uh, Frank from the My Pillow guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there's a new one that came out, and this is actually a double whammy of a story because <laughs> it literally it had its soft open on the 4th of July and already it's had two major stories come out about it that are oh dear both, are I haven't heard about this I'm looking forward to it not great <laughs> they're funny okay so the website is called Getter and that is spelled G-E-T-T-R Getter Getter get done Getter done that's see that's the joke everyone makes <laughs> alright <laughs> it is low hanging fruit uh, so the latest on Getter is that the, the CEO says that Twitter is blocking tweet imports and says that it's not fair. What's a so, tweet import? So basically, users who have a Getter account can set it up to where it will automatically uh, scrape your Twitter account if you still have one and haven't been like blocked for saying something atrocious and got, getting you banned. Being um, a literal Nazi. Being a literal Nazi, or sometimes a figurative one. Not all... Sometimes the, mm-hmm. the sometimes just regular straight-up assholes just get kicked off that website. Very true. Um, so anyway, what it'll do is it will scrape your Twitter account and automatically post it to your Getter account. Well, Twitter uh, shut down that... Um, functionality out of I, I believe it's just a, a functionality that's embedded in its API uh, to just basically allow it so that you couldn't uh, scrape that over at least very easily at least not without having to do extensive uh, uh, extensive coding to make it happen uh, mm-hmm. I do know that there are a few things that are like exist in the like open source uh, world like you can go to github and pull something that will like project like you can build a hologram projector and it will scrape tweets from your favorite celebrity and it will sh- every time they post a thing it will show it on your hologram projector for whatever reason like the software is not hard it's open source but sure that's that and you actually have in, in incorporating something like that into your website is not exactly easy and it's easier just to use an api that's built by the company to do it but they removed that uh because they don't want other companies just like copying pasting the stuff that people do on twitter now why would they do that you ask well and and just go just ahead. as a side got? note i mean i would imagine that twitter as a as a rule would want to avoid as much scraping as possible because i mean a lot of you know hackers and things will will scrape and and be able to use a lot of that information to find. That's very things, true. That's very you know, that's a massive part of doing OSINT investigation uh, when you're trying to uh, get information on a target. Right. So, but the other reason why they want to do that is that so when you're a fledgling of a social media site such as Getter. You don't have a lot of um, users. You don't have a large user base. Uh, but the best way to attract a user base is to have high-profile pri- uh, high figures. Sure. Um, and sometimes 
not always, but sometimes some of these high profile figures um, don't know about Getter. Um, so what Getter has done, at least in a couple circumstances, they have gone ahead and reserved accounts for some of the big heavy hitters, right? Okay. So, like, uh, I know Donald Trump has his own ready and waiting for him to walk into the uh, into uh, Getter's website. Uh, he has not yet. He uh, has not touched it. Um, uh, let's say someone like, I don't know, uh, Tucker Carlson still has an active Twitter account, so we'll give it to him. Uh, so Tucker Carlson uh, has a Getter account. He doesn't actually have a Getter account. They have one set up for him so that if he wants to use it, he may. And basically what it's doing is just scraping his tweets. And by having those heavy hitters, those, those big names, that's going to be used there to attract people over to Getter. And I'm like, well, hey, all of, all of the people I like to you know get my information and like to hear from are over there. And they don't have to deal with the stupid rules of Twitter. I'll go over there. Um, so, oh, I see where yeah. you're going with this. Uh huh. So we're just like, oh well, we're just gonna go and shut that down. You can't have all the, you know, if if if, if all the fancy people want to come over to you, all the celebs want to come to you, that's fine. But you're not going to just scrape this data on your own, because that's right. Because that's a load of bullshit. Well, and I imagine, I mean, like if you're on Getter and, and they're scraping Twitter, you can just be on Getter and see, well, you, you keep using the Tucker Carlson example, you can just see his tweets, right? Yeah. Essentially, right. So, you're, and, and keep in mind, it's only scraping the text of a tweet. So if somebody actually... Uh, oh, so a, no images or videos or anything? So if it actually posts a picture on Twitter, it'll actually just uh, have the... Uh, the link to the picture in the uh, getter post. So it'll just be okay. like pick.twitter.com forward slash and then right. a chain of letters. Yeah. I, I want to know who thought that Twitter wouldn't be like, hey, they're just circumventing our website. We want people, like if we want, Twitter wants people to come to Twitter to see Tucker Carlson's tweets. I don't understand why these people didn't think that Twitter would be like, oh, no, you, you can't display our information on your website. That's our money. That's our ad revenue. Right. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, that's insane. The uh, the owner of the website, a Jason Miller, former uh, communications director for the Trump uh, transition team, uh, mm -hmm. he's the one that's in charge of all of this. He said, familiar, yeah, yeah. He, he said, quote, Twitter must decide, does it own everyone's tweets and is therefore a publisher responsible for the content or do the users own their original posts? And I would say they own the posts, but not the uh, site in which they post upon, I guess. Right, right. So it's like... Well, you know, I would, I would refer that to... Um, I would liken it to when people submit a uh, an opinion piece to a a, a journal. So, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, let's say I wrote an opinion piece about uh, I don't know why I think platypuses are the future of uh, sustainable protein. 
And um, <laughs> if I submit, say I submit that to the New York Times, I own what I wrote. It's my intellectual property. But I can't submit it also to the Washington Post and the uh, Chicago Sun-Times and all these other stuff. By giving it to the New York Times, I enter into an, an agreement that they will be the sole um, distributor of my opinion piece. Wow. So I imagine it would work very much the same way. They, you know, you own the intellectual property of your tweet, but Twitter is the sole distributor of that specific piece of writing. Sure. And even if you share links of that tweet, it's still, you know, the way, the only way you can really truly share it, unless you screenshot it, of course, um, is to uh click the you know the share button and it will share it as a twitter post right it's like it, it is it is sharing the attribution of where of the source right i mean ultimately twitter and facebook and things they are a public forum well really they're a privately owned forum that the public is invited to join for free within the bounds of the agreed upon rules like it's a private forum that anyone in the public can freely join, but to join you have to agree to certain rules. That's why I think all your posts should just be a collage of letters that you've taken pictures of and then photoshopped together, and then you can share it as a JPEG that is not technically hosted on anyone, and then everyone can just share it. And that's how you go viral, baby. With what is the modern day equivalent of like a serial killer's note to the police? That's exactly what I was picturing in my head. <laughs> it's like meticulously cutting out all the different big letters from all the different headlines and like twenty different newspaper subscriptions just to be able to do this. And you spent you know hundred dollars that month just to be able to write a single note to the police. <laughs> Yeah, they never talk about that. It's like, man, you just got all right. you have to do is just find the guy that's buying up all the magazines. Right. <laughs> that's how you find them. Yeah, who who walked into, you know, the convenience store and bought a copy of literally every single uh, newspaper for the last like week? Well, hope and hopefully he's buying it. Hopefully he doesn't like walk into a library and start snipping cuz people are going to notice. Wait yes. a minute, this page is missing. Right. <laughs> Uh, well, the last person that read it was John, and oh, you know, I bet John's got a bunch of dead bodies out on that farm. Yep. <laughs> Shit. Aw, oh, dang. Oh, I should call the FBI. All right. Well, okay. So anyway, back to back to get her, because, sure. oh, that, that story of them having a fun opening weekend, mm-hmm. it gets better. So this website that was... I don't know if it was hastily put together, but it was uh, put together. Uh, like as so a, many of them seem to be. As, but, a, yeah. as, a, as a Twitter alternative. I mean, it is literally a Twitter alternative. I uh, recommend. Go check it out. G-E-T-T-R dot com. It's, it just looks like Twitter. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of lame. But anyway, um, it's kind of just slapped together. And that was made very apparent when... 
it literally got hacked like the first day or two that it was online. Oh no. And when I say hacked, I use that in the loosest terms. Okay. Um, because according to the hacker that did the job, uh, I'm not going to name them here. It's just, if you want to find it, you can find it, but we'll keep their anonymity on the DL for now. Um, but yeah, they uh, said that it was a very low tech uh, vulnerability <coughs> um, and that uh, they basically left uh, the keys to the kingdom out in the clear on their <coughs> website and that allowed them to get right in and s steal, you know, something like 80,000 emails, usernames, passwords. Oh Posts, images, videos, etc. Um, so they, this, and from what I understand, it's a young kid. It wasn't wasn't like someone who's like been around the block of the hacking community. It's just someone, right. a younger person that just walked in and was like, "Hold on!" Hit, goes to the website, right click, hit inspection, scroll right. through the HTML, and went, "Oh." that shouldn't be there steal that and there you go it was like i think it was like their, i think it was like their api keys was in the clear and, oh my god yeah so it was like oh i have the keys to the whole fucking kingdom now they were like they were like posting on people's uh, accounts and things like that like so and so was here uh, and shit like that so it was it was it was uh pretty apparent that whoever built this site uh doesn't know a lot about building websites in the modern era <laughs> so yeah so that's getter um once again uh the social getter media got, got getter got got that damn you should write headlines for it <laughs> make a killing on that make a killing uh, on clickbait headlines hell yeah dude hell yeah so that was getter um still going strong the site's still up i mean it's not like they've killed it or anything but um Jesus. i don't i but considering that it had it had news headlines two days in a row uh both negative press that's not a great way to get uh people to come to your website um at least not the people that they want to attract mm-hmm like, you know, the big name people. Right. And, you know, all the fringe people, all of your QAnoners and your neo-Nazis, which are slowly kind of becoming one and the same, uh, they're going to hang out in Gab and they're going to hang out on Telegram. And I don't think you're going to move them from that because I don't think a lot of these websites websites want that kind of liability over their head right uh you don't want to be the host of the next christchurch shooting video so right you want to you you have to at the end of the day do some moderation and i i think some of these people don't know the kind of fire they're playing with when they're inviting some some people to their website to uh quote kick counter or uh, cancel culture uh, out the door because 
some of these people are canceled for very good fucking reasons. Right. Well, and I love, I love the kind of oxymoron of that, or I guess irony of that. It's like we hate can't cancel culture, so we're gonna boycott and cancel Twitter. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's it. Yeah. It's most basic term. It's it's a boycott. Yeah. And everyone of every political spectrum has been doing things like boycotts for all of forever Mm -hmm. it's it's not a new thing it's very very old and the thing is if you get canceled nothing happens to you the only thing is you now get to go on a i got canceled tour and right be sure to read my book why i got canceled out now it's uh us uh, it's a you know wall street journal or no no New York Times bestseller. Yeah, um, you really got canceled there, didn't you? You, you got can't. No, you get really canceled if you're in the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> um, it, it's the Newsmax bestseller. Um, oh God, is that was, a thing? It was highlighted on uh, Infowars. Uh, it's it's got a it's got a it's got a promo blurb on there from from. Uh, uh, um, this joke has gone on for far too long. Yep. Moving on. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, I know where I'm going with that. So we have an obituary to read today. Yes, that, I knew that and, was coming. You did. And that obituary is for our good friend, John McAfee. R.I.P. Rest in piss and shit, because supposedly he was into that. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, boy. We're gonna learn. I guess, I guess more power to him. All right, so we're gonna learn some things about John McAfee. So, as listeners may have picked up on that name, McAfee. Huh? Why does that sound familiar? You know that antivirus, McAfee antivirus. Um, he had something to do with that. <laughs> and you would think, well, of course, it's got his name on it. Oh, I'm like, yeah. I mean, he kind of started it and then immediately sold it because he didn't really know what the fuck he was doing. Oh man. He kind of okay. So in the early 90s, he kind of created it as a grift um, because there was a couple of viruses that were coming out and they were really like <coughs> cheap and easy to like, the, the distribution was kind of hard for viruses back in the day. Sure. And uh, like we're talking the early 90s. Sure, and, dial up. Yeah. And so... But he saw this as like a way that I can spin this, I can sell it, I can, you know, he's like, I've, I've, I broke down the virus, looked at it, I know how to disarm it, not a big deal. I'll sell this as a software and sell it to corporations. And, uh, right. I, and also I'll convince computer manufacturers to put it on the machines for free and so everyone gets a taste of it. And then, you know, for like a 30-day free trial... So everyone will get a taste. And then using clever marketing, I'll get people to buy it. And it worked. Right. And he was able to do this grift for a good number of years in the 90s. Until finally, um, his, you know, the company got big enough and the board uh, of executives looked at, the, looked at McCa- John McAfee and said, what are we doing letting this lunatic run this multi-million dollar company and so they booted <laughs> his ass out and gave him a big ass golden parachute said 
here, we're buying the company from you. Here, take this, like, I don't know, it was like $100 million or some shit. Oh, so it was, a, it was an ass load of money, and they buy him out. And so at this point, most of us, most of us normal people would say, all right, that's enough. I'm going to retire on that and live a quiet life and, you know, and try and stay out of, uh, stay out of the limelight. But not John McAfee. No, my friend. John McAfee is going to go wild. So John McAfee, uh, he went into doing things like uh, starting a club for people who like to fly uh, what are basically tricycle ultralights, so ultralight aircraft. Um, that managed to get his nephew and a passenger that was flying with his nephew killed. Oh, no. Uh, so that's just the first death on John McAfee's hands. Uh, and after that, uh, he, you know, he still had a shit ton of money. And so he, uh, you know, moved off to Belize, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he moves down to South America, living his best life. And by <coughs> living his best life, I mean, he's, uh, you know, running a compound where he has hired a, um, a biologist, a biochemist, I'm sorry, a biochemist uh, to work in a lab for him. Now, supposedly this is for uh, uh, drug research, uh, for, you know, natural versions of, of, uh, of synthetic drugs that they're looking to do. But many believe that this was now, when you drugs. say drugs, you mean like ph pharmaceutical Pharma drugs? Okay. That's that's what it was spun as, but what we all what people believe it was was that he was having her do research to find um, really good shit that'll get you really high, um, <laughs> but that are also legal, um, and you can sell on not even the black market; it's on on the clear market. Uh, drugs that are you know we'll call them like tailored drugs they're synthesized either synthesized or made in a way that they're so niche that the government doesn't have a classification for it and so it's not banned mm. you know that's how you end up with things like bath salts um right Bath salts go, plays a lot into the John McAfee story. Uh, John um, also ended up having uh, an issue with that woman. There was uh, rape allegations. Oh, dear. We don't know exactly what happened, but given his uh, some of more of the other stuff that happened with him, uh, it gets a little worse. So he uh blamed his neighbor now he had a beachfront property as well there and uh he blamed his neighbor there at the beachfront property uh for poisoning one poisoning one of his dogs and john took uh believed that one of his dogs was poisoned and was suffering he put the dog down and by put him down i mean put his gun to the dog's head and blew its brains out um and he was super pissed at his neighbor well, some time passed, and then John McAfee's neighbor ends up dead with a bullet hole in his head. 
Mm. Um, now the the local government and uh, the local police uh, investigate and they go to talk to John, but they can't find John. John was hiding out. And on top of hiding out, literally on his own property, buried in the sand, uh, was also live blogging the whole situation uh, from hiding from the police. You know, something innocent people do. Um, he then managed to uh, escape from there uh, and make his way uh, across the border to another country. Uh, which one is, I can't think of off the top of the head, but let's keep it rolling. Um, you know, does an interview with uh, uh, a couple of uh, web, for a web article. I want to say it was, was it Wired? No. Anyway, doesn't matter. What does matter is the, the reporter that did the report on, hey, I found John McAfee, kind of slipped up. Because on that picture that he said, I'm here with John McAfee interviewing him, all of the uh, GPS data for the location of where that picture was taken was still embedded on the image. So mm -hmm. now everyone knows where John McAfee is. John McAfee gets arrested. <laughs> uh, and before, but before they could send him back to uh, Belize to answer for that murder, John fakes a heart attack. Now, while John has faked this heart attack, John's lawyer figures out a means to get John back to the United States and away from all of what's going on in South America. And on top of that, you're like, why is this on the Internet story? Well, because this man is famous on the Internet for just being an absolute troll because it gets even funner. So at this point, he's moved back to America. And then he's going to release the now viral video, how to uninstall McAfee software. Oh, dear. Go check it out. It's on YouTube. It's absolutely fucking hilarious. Um, he then runs for president under a libertarian uh, banner. Uh, obviously did not win. Um, <laughs> he then starts getting... Uh, asked questions from, you know, after living in, in the U.S. for a while, he starts getting questions from the IRS, like, hey, bud, noticed uh, we don't think you've been paying your taxes. Can we have a talk? And John's <laughs> like, ah, gotta go, bye. Hops on a boat, starts sailing around um, the ocean with him, his wife, his dogs, his armed militia. Oh, I haven't mentioned the armed militia? Yeah, he hires guys to basically be an armed militia. While he himself is also heavily armed at all times, and usually shirtless. Um, <laughs> always no shirt, and usually some kind of firearm in his hand. Living his best life. Living his best life. Until he got caught up in Spain. Spain's like, hey bud, we uh, noticed that the U.S. are looking for you. We have extradition treaties, so guess what? So Spain held on to him. And Man. literally the day that they announced we are going to begin extradition to the United States, they go down to go get John, and there he is found, found hanging in his cell. Ugh. Which he 
always claimed he would never take his own life and if that he was ever found dead in a jail cell, he was whacked. So, one could Who say... killed John McAfee? So, John McAfee died as he lived under very curious circumstances. Clintons did it. The Clintons did it. <laughs> Uh, there was also a short stint, you know, I, I glossed over it. There's like also a short stint that he was running a bunch of pump and dumps of, for like cryptocurrencies and things like that. Um, he had a very colorful life. He did. Um, I mean, when he was living in Belize, he had a harem of women. Um, there was, let's just say there was a hammock with a hole in it that <laughs> the women would sit in and he oh would be underneath. I don't need God. to go into any more details, but. We can all understand that poop joke now. Oh, dear. All right. So that's the news. That's the internet and news. Oh, God. Uh, So check in next month for even weirder things that I'm sure will happen. Anyway, let's get on to the main course. Right. The dark web. Uh, And specifically, what are we talking about when we say dark web and where did it come from? Uh, now, I know in the past we kind of tended to separate the brief what is it and the historical aspect. Uh, this month I'm going to kind of combine the two a little bit in a similar way that I did last month because when we get into these really technical things, it's just easier to give you the, the acronyms and the definitions and the key terms as they come up contextually to better help uh, than be understood. So to really understand what the dark web is, first we need to touch on what the World Wide Web is. Now last month we talked about the internet and both the connected physical infrastructure as well as the protocols that have standardized and regulate the flow of information on the internet to ensure that things communicate properly. Which also, if you did miss last month's episode, uh, or you know, with just like a refresher on how those things work, I would suggest listening to that before getting much further into this episode, because it will help give you a little more technical knowledge uh, to better help you understand this discussion today. Now, back to the World Wide Web. It was initially created by a scientist in 1989 by the name of Tim Berners-Lee. Yeah, he was working for CERN, which is a big big laboratory. They do a lot of different stuff at CERN. They have one of those... uh, Particle collider. Right, yeah, the hydrogen particle collider things. They do a lot of different work over there. It's it's almost like a a community of scientists from varying disciplines who get funded in a, a whole bunch of different types of research. So while he was there... Uh, you know, he, he was working on this World Wide Web, and he also created the first web browser in 1990, and a year later, it was released to the general public. But what is the web? Because we've already gotten over last month how the web is not the internet. So in a nutshell, it is the collection of, of browsers and servers, the sites, the web pages, the information that is stored on those servers, and are accessed by those browsers. And this is a very very broad definition. 
but it is essentially the software, the information, and the guiding protocols that we share and send over the physical connections that are the internet. So what is the dark web and how is it different from the World Wide Web? Which that's a bit of a trick question because the dark web is a part of the World Wide Web, just one that is not as easily found purposefully. Mm. To, to better understand what we mean by that, <clears throat> we do need to define two important terms because they're, they're often interchanged, but they don't mean the same thing. Just like the web and the internet are often used interchangeably, even though they do mean different things. So we have the dark web, which we're talking about today. We also have the deep web. The deep web, which in its earliest days was referred to as the invisible web or the hidden web, it really isn't a complicated thing. It's just the content on the World Wide Web that is not indexed and searchable using your standard web search engines like Google and Yahoo and Bing and, and nobody's Duck, using Bing and DuckDuckGo and so this this in and of itself is not inherently suspicious or bad. There are a lot of reasons for wanting to keep information hidden away like that. For instance, video streaming services. They you know they have paywalls or media outlets. They hide content behind membership requirements. That fits into the deep web. You can't, for instance, just go into your web browser and type up, I want to watch um, Stranger Things on Netflix. You can't find that on the internet, even though it's there, because it's hidden away. Unless, of course, you had the exact IP address and, and some of those other things that we touched on a little bit last month. Right, now, you can't. You can't just go and like, I want to change the uh, account settings for Nick's Facebook page mm -hmm. and go directly to that. That's uh, not a thing I can just go and do. Right. Now, as a sidebar, uh, information that is found through standard search engines is known as uh, the surface web or the clear web. It only comprises about 10% of all internet content. Also, the deep web has essentially always existed. Uh, the term invisible web dates back to an article that was published in 1994. And deep web, the, the now commonly accepted term for this hidden content, dates, dates back to 2001, you know, about six years or so after the internet was really big and public. Now, the dark web, also sometimes referred to as darknet, that is the part of the deep web that is more intentionally hidden and encrypted. Um, this is the part of the web that you're going to find that seedy underbelly where you can buy stolen data and child pornography or find murderers for hire. But the dark web is not all illicit black market content. So let's uh, shed a little light on the dark web. I know, I'm really bad with puns, I apologize. Oh, it's, it's incredible. You have, a, you have a talent. I am, I'm a father, and soon, Jason, you will be joining me in the dad oh, jokes. No. The dad jokes, I can feel them growing within me. <laughs> now, 
the one thing I do want to say <clears throat> is that out of the two of us, you are, Jason, more tech-savvy than I am. Uh, so going into this, I knew you had knowledge of the dark web, and I had essentially zero information outside of, you know, bad stuff can be found there. So it was really interesting, um, and in many ways eye-opening uh, experience for me researching this, so I'm, I'm glad we picked this topic. There were... There were a few select questions that I had about what is the dark web and, and you know, how to access it, uh, what's going on in it. So I thought that the questions that I had would form a good basis for our discussion as I kind of figured that a lot of our listeners would probably have many of the same questions that I did, uh, at least those who knew as little about it as I did. Mm. So the first big thing I didn't know too much about was the legality of the dark web's existence and the legality of accessing it. Which, the simple answer to this is that the dark web itself is not illegal in the United States. Um, as we talked about a little bit earlier, the dark web is just a hidden, encrypted portion of the World Wide Web. So that in and of itself is not illegal. But there are some countries that have made accessing it and the, uh, the various browser applications and software that is used to do that illegal. It's also not illegal to you know, access it and get on it. Um, I, I believe you've done it yourself, Jason. Um, mm -hmm. I'm on it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we started recording, I, I heard you pulling up various things on there. So, again... That, there's that caveat. It's not illegal in the United States. There are more uh, authoritarian countries like uh, North Korea is an excellent example. They do outlaw accessing the dark web and largely for the reason that it allows people on the dark web to access information that their governments don't want them to have access to. So... How do you get on to the dark web? Uh, again, it's not really a difficult thing to do. Uh, I, I didn't do it. I thought about you know, getting you know one of the, the Tor browser and things like that, um, but I never actually got around to it. So, but I mean, from what I've come to understand, it's not difficult. It's pretty easy and simple. So, why don't you? Since you have more of the technical expertise and the firsthand knowledge of of the deep web and accessing the dark web, um, why don't you help us a little bit more in how you do it? All right. How how do dark web? How yes. do dark web? Well, how do I'll do tell dark you, web? How do do dark web? So here's how do dark web. So first, you have to download uh, the Tor Onion browser. This is easily found. You just do a quick Google search. It'll tell you where to go. It's a free uh, web browser uh, for people who really like to get into uh, odd technicals of like how web browsers work. It's built on the same framework as Mozilla's Firefox. Yeah, um, that and that was something I read, and I found that really interesting too. Just mm -hmm. most people have heard of Mozilla. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and just the fact that this browser that you use to access the dark web is just based on 
that very common search browser I thought was kind of interesting too. Right, yeah, because I mean they have a, a what's essentially an open source version of Firefox and this is just kind of a fork of that. Um, so it's just built upon that. It's really easy to download and use and it, like I said, if you've used Firefox, you can use this. Um, when you first click on, uh, when you first open it, uh, it'll kind of go through a startup process. That startup process is, it is trying to, uh, it's setting up your entry and exit nodes. So your connection will go in one hole and come out another and then go back into another hole and then come out another hole and go into a third hole and come out of its final hole and that's how it gets to. That um, kind of makes me think about uh, you know, like in, in movies that involve some kind of uh, hacking or like someone stole money or it, it, it sounds like a similar idea. And again, I know that action films and things like yeah. that are, are not necessarily the most accurate when it comes to tech stuff. But it's always no. like, oh, he routed himself through all these different places. Yeah. He's not really where he says he was and stuff like that. Exactly. Exactly. So if you remember from the movie, um, hold on, I'm going to put my pop filter back on. There we go. It's got a lot of dog hair on it. It's gross. Um, hold on, I'm leaving this all in the edit, too. No, you're fine. In effect, um, uh, but I was going wise, to, I was going to say, uh, if you remember from the movie Goldeneye. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, that's exactly it's, what he was doing. That's exactly uh, where a, my brain went. Yeah, so technically, though, he was probably using something like a proxy, like a, a chain of proxy servers. Okay. Um, which is still kind of what Tor is. Um, uh, but they are just, it's a network that's built up around it that makes it different. Um, and, and some of the protocols are different, but okay. really it's a, uh, but yeah, it is that same thing. It is that same thing that, uh, the, the one computer nerd dude was, doing to make right. it so that they couldn't trace his location. Right. And you see that in, in literally every film or TV show that involves trying to hunt someone down on the internet. It's like, oh, he's he rerouted through this place and this place and this place. and Yeah, so I mean, just just that example in itself just kind of shows that this, this technology is not... I mean, the, the foundations of it is, of course, really technical, but... Um, Anyone can really grasp it if you've if you've seen a, any kind of action flick that or, or TV show that involves someone trying to hide on the internet. Like this always happens. Right. The thing about Tor is that it doesn't. Um, a lot of people will say, "Well, we're going to trace route him, go back trail through all the different connection points to figure out where he came from." That's not how Tor works. Uh, Tor will. Um, it will know where the information is coming from and where it is going, or where it is going, and what its next location is. Um, now, when it say when you get to node number two, it knows it came from node number one, but it doesn't know, or yeah, node number one. But we'll call your computer node number zero for this uh, okay. example here. It doesn't know node number zero. It just knows it came from node one. Right. This is going to node one, from node one, it's going to this direction, send it to node three. So two sends it to three. Three knows that this came from node two, and it's going here, and that's my job to send it to you know, the website. 
and then it'll then pass it back down the chain. And so the only person that actually knows who you are is node one. <coughs> so that's how it anonymizes it. Um, so how do you find stuff on, uh, how do you get started looking for things uh, on tour? Well, yeah, I mean, is this something where, like, um, again, last month we talked about how you know, every web page has its own IP address, but there are the, the DNS databases that you type in www.facebook.com, and then your browser searches through that and says, okay, this is the IP address for that, and I'm going to send you there. Is it similar to that, or are there other steps that, can you just, like, go onto the Tor browser and type in, I want to go to this site, um, I think it's what, dot onion? instead of Correct. .com? Does it, yes. does it work the same way, or are there other steps nope. that you have to do? Oh, Lord. Well, here's the thing. Um, unless you know the exact website that you want to go to, mm -hmm. finding what you're looking for can be a little bit difficult. Now, okay. we, live in, we live in a kind of a privileged era uh, of the Internet where if we don't know what we're looking for exactly, you just go to Google, and you can search it, and you will find what you're looking for. Sure. But as you have mentioned, none of these are indexed. There's not like a way that I can just like, I want to go find the the place where I can buy cocaine. <laughs> uh, where's that website at? And then type that into Google. And it's I, like, I don't know. Oh. Does, well, I mean, you say the place to buy cocaine. Does the does the little underhang under the bridge have a website? It might. But <laughs> sorry, that was the a bad way joke. that you, so you can't search them. Um, so you have to type in the URL by hand, or the most common way to do it is by um, onion directories, these dot onion directories, also known as there's one that's the most popular, which is called the hidden wiki. Mm -hmm. And even getting to those websites are hard. You have to actually know what the URL for those are. Um, and sometimes they get taken down and sometimes they change and sometimes you'll find one that's like is this the the actual one or is this uh, you this know like a phishing some, scam that someone's it, trying to right and and you're thinking well I mean I can just type in facebook.com and go to Facebook why can't I just type in you know uh, hidden wiki onion all right I'm gonna read you what the hidden wikis uh, dot onion pages at least sure. currently at least the version that I found so this is, ready? The URL, this is the URL that you have to type into the, the, the Tor browser alright get your pens out get ready okay here we go 5 W V U G N 3 Z Q F B I A N S Z H L D C Q Z 2 U 7 U L J 3 X E X 6 I 3 H 3 C 5 Z N P G D C N Q Z N 2 4 N N I D dot onion. Now, I want to point out that I heard the letters FBI in that in a row, which of course means that it's FBI operated and it is a, it everyone who accesses it's going to go to jail. It may be in fact a, <laughs> it may in fact be a honeypot. I think I need to go back and rewatch our uh, conspiracy theory episode. I'm getting a little. <laughs> so as you can see, they're kind of hard to like get into. Sorry, um, did I just say watch a podcast? Yeah, you can, <laughs> there are some podcasts you can watch. They make like YouTube variations. Of. It's late at night. Excuse me. 
Anyway, let's, let's continue. So, so, so anyway, that's so the best way to find what you're looking for is, first of all, you have to kind of go on the clear web and kind of search, search around in some forums and stuff like this. This goes. This is some straight '90s shit, right? So this is like. Are, are there specific places that you can go to on the the clear web, the surface web, to find these URLs? I mean, are there, are there like like Reddit's or, or chan yeah. boards and things like that? Absolutely. So what you can do is in your Tor browser, right? You just go to somewhere like Reddit and type in what you're looking for. Like say, for instance, that I said you were looking for cocaine. Well, you can go into like a drug subreddit and you kind of scroll through there and eventually you will find someone that's like, that's, you know, a conversation that people are having about this uh, really good drug market that everybody's been using and it's, you know, getting a lot of traction and people are like, yeah, you know, I've ordered from there a couple of times and then you like, okay, somebody will post the link. It'll be a dot onion website. It'll be that long ass chain that I just explained, right? Right. So you click on that link and there you go. And now you're on there. Or say you just want to be able to browse around. You can, you know, go on a Tor subreddit or there are Facebook groups for Tor. Um, I mean, this it's it's a fan led community and people will be like, oh, yeah, here's a good link site. And what link sites do is like, I'll kind of go through this link site. Here's one that's just various other link sites here's one for anonymizing bitcoin transactions also known as money laundering <laughs> here's one for drug stores now once again i'm going to say that we make the joke about Ph pharmaceutical drug stores or um i mean if you're yeah if you want to buy crystal meth uh, <laughs> for your glaucoma i don't know um and they tend to post a lot of these just because they know that that's what brings people here it's the uh, that's like that's what that's what the noobs do they want to come here and see like oh look you can buy drugs mm -hmm. and half of the, and some of these are usually like unless they've been well uh, researched some of these are just honey pots or just scams right um, and it's also just I do want to I, I do need to take a moment to interrupt you there I'm sorry yeah. Um, the FDA has not approved Jason's statement that crystal meth can be used to treat glaucoma. So, <laughs> just, you know, I want to get that out there. Also, everything that had to do with uh, Mr. McAfee earlier, that's all allegedly. Even the stuff oh. that's been definitively proven, it's allegedly. It's all allegedly. That man lived an alleged life. <laughs> um, John McCaffrey only allegedly existed. Sorry, continue. Oh, okay. No, you're fine. Uh, what's some other stuff? I mean, it, it literally is like anything that you think you could ever need, you can probably find it. And it's really just kind of, you just have to kind of hopscotch your way across the internet by clicking uh, link after link after link, which is kind of sketchy, to be sure. honest. You, um, just by its very nature. Yeah. Um, so it's not for the faint of heart. I would even so f as go as far as say you shouldn't be messing with uh, the clear web or I'm sorry the dark web. Don't mess with the clear web either. It's fucked up. You know, just turn <laughs> your computers off. Go outside. Go outside. Uh, breathe some air. Look at the birds. No, pick some flowers. So, 
<laughs> so you shouldn't mess with the dark web unless you are committed to going into some kind of uh, not so chill places. You're going to see me. things that you can't unsee. You may, and you may also just see really poorly programmed websites. Sure. Um, but you may also see some stuff that might have, like, may try to upload a virus to your machine. Um, Tor does a fairly decent job of keeping you safe from, like, things that, like, try to auto-download. Um, they, they, you know, they've, they've really made it so that, like, it, you only were going to infect yourself if you intentionally click on something stupid. But sure. just visiting a website usually isn't going to screw yeah. you over. And I mean, uh, you can do that on the clear web too. So that's very true. Uh, that's why a lot of people that play around on the dark web also do so on a virtual machine. Okay. Um, so you would, you know, install a virtualized version of Windows or Linux or what have you. Which is kind of like running a machine within your machine, right? It's a it's a computer inside of a computer. That's yeah. right. So anything that infects that computer does not spread to your physical computer. It just affects that. Um... Exactly. Yep, hundred percent. And uh, you can just have a saved state for that machine. Okay. Uh, and just uh, oh, it, this this machine got infected. Well dump it and reboot it uh, and it's fresh and brand new like nothing ever happened. Very nice. Uh, yeah. An so, important I tip mean, to know if you're going to be checking out the dark web later. Yeah, I mean I even use virtual machines just to check out things on the clear web. I get, you know, if you ever get like one of those, um, I had this happen yesterday, day before yesterday, I got a weird text message that went to my spam folder in my phone mm -hmm. and it was like the Illinois Department of Transportation is wanting to, uh, for driver's license verification, click this <laughs> link now. And it was like a bit.ly link. Oh, yeah, and that's that's definitely official. So I'm like, okay, what is this bit.ly link? Uh, so I type in the URL, and it goes out to a, it sends me to a page that says Illinois Department of Transportation and then has a form that it wants me to fill out you know first name last name driver's license social security number date of birth height weight mm -hmm. um, but the thing is this isn't on an official you know Illinois Department of Transportation website this is a Google Doc <laughs> and also it's uh, I, I look at the bottom and I, I had a bit of a chuckle because the uh, bottom, of the, you know, like the bottom of web pages will say like contact us and FAQ and oh, sure. and site navigation and right. things like that. About they, stuff like the that. Ab about exactly. Um, they had that as a JPEG. <laughs> it was not clickable. None of it actually worked. It was just there to add a little bit of like authenticity a, 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 a to the little, to the illusion. A little bit of camouflage, and um, <laughs> that's great. I mean, and I did all that on a virtual machine because I'm like, I don't know what I'm about to walk into, so right. I want to make sure that I keep my computer safe. Oh, I would have been totally fine. There was nothing malicious on that. It was actually just a really bad phishing scam. Yeah. But there you go. Um, that's fantastic. But enough of my, uh, you know, 
Well, our side railing the show. Let's keep going. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the Tor browser. Um, there are other ways to access it too, aren't there? There are other browser options, other softwares that you can use. You can also access the Tor network without a uh, brow without the Tor browser at all. You can't access like Tor websites, mm-hmm. like the Dot Onion websites, without using a Tor browser. But you can use the Tor network. Okay. Um, so I use on my uh, my Linux uh, virtual machine. Um, if I want to do something where I kind of want to keep my IP hidden, uh, I use a uh, I use a software called TorGhost, and basically I just type in TorGhost Start, and what it will do is it will just anonymize all of my web traffic through the Tor network, and so I can okay. then just use Firefox, and if I were to go into Google and go, what's my IP? It'll be like bro i think you're in germany like i don't know yeah uh so much so much so that it like sends me all ads in german oh that's fantastic or 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 france or french or whatever sure you know whatever my exit node ends up being Mm -hmm. um like it will literally anonymize your location um so i mean that's great if you don't want websites knowing where you're coming from Right. Um, so that's what that's for. And, and I think that's a good um, good segue into kind of the next uh, next part of this little explainer is, mm-hmm. is, you know, like who uses it, what can you find on there, um, and is it adjacent to like who uses it, the, the why. So right. we, we, of course, largely talked about, you know, the, the nefarious people that do nefarious things. They... Uh, steal data from a you know a thousand websites because they infiltrated the supply chain of the security software mm-hmm. and they can sell that stuff through dark web places they use bitcoin to engage in money laundering uh, buying drugs prostitutes illegal pornography all that stuff can absolutely be found there but that's not the sole purpose of the dark web You've just laid out why an everyday person would. You're concerned with your privacy and your security online. You don't want Google and Facebook and all these other websites knowing what you're doing all the time and and having all that information on you. So, you know, the Tor Ghost, the elements of the dark web, and, and the Tor browser specifically that, you know, like you said, anonymizes where you're coming from. Some people just don't trust the world, you know, the, the, the clear web, the surface web, so they use the dark web, not for anything illicit per se, but they just are that privacy, security conscious. They don't want people knowing that kind of stuff about them. Right. And speaking of Facebook, <clears throat> Facebook has dark web onion sites that can be accessed with really for the specific purpose of people that live in places like North Korea and and, and China and Russia and any other website or any other country that restricts what web pages you can access. Uh, Places like Facebook have these dark websites that people who live in these oppressive areas can still access them. Which is a reason that the government 
has dark websites as well. So people that live in North Korea can actually access uh, the CIA and pass information to them through the dark web and, and you know can't be found or are less likely to be able to be found. I think I think you accessed the CIA earlier before we started uh, yeah, the episode, I, I pulled, didn't you? I pulled their page up, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a regular page. Um, I don't know. I don't see you mentioning this at any point, but I think it's important to bring up because we just, as we mentioned, the government. Um, do you know where uh, Tor came from? Do you, do you actually know the history? Because I, I have a really interesting tidbit. You know what? I, where it comes from. I think I know where you're going with this. I did look that up. And it's like, I, I can feel that little bit of information hovering in the back of my head. Like, I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh it's there. I don't remember. So please it remind is, me and inform the audience. It is originally, was originally created by the Department of the Navy. Uh, yes. As a means for secure communications. Right, That's right. The original, the original concept of doing this in and out of various nodes. That's was, where it came it from. It was the military. The yeah. And the CIA hated them for it. Oh, I'm sure. And so, because I don't know if you know this, uh, that departments within our own government here in the United States uh, don't like each other. Right. And um, Again, something because, we see a lot in movies, you know, like, oh, the CIA is stepping on the FBI or, or the, the local authorities don't want the FBI coming in and stepping on their toes. Like, that's a real thing. It actually happens um, because, I mean, they're all, because you got to think they're all fighting for their own slice of the pie, their right. own part of the budget, you and, know. And, and, and who's going to get credit for the big takedown because they they, uh -huh. they personally could be benefiting and then also their organization will look better. Exactly. And, and so the CIA hate, hated the uh, Navy for creating this and then making it public. Because now it's like, well, now it's going to make it harder for us to, like, spy on people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So. And, it's, and it's kind of interesting, you know, that they, that, like you say, it does make it harder for them to spy on other people. But it also enables them to, to get information from places that they might not otherwise be able to easily get spies into. Mm -hmm. So it's little give a little take um another thing i found interesting uh is journalists will use the dark web to help keep their their sources private um, and secure and especially like you know in places where again these these dangerous regimes where they want to crack down on a free and open press uh, you know disseminating information about corruption and so forth in the government um journalists will use the dark web to to contact and have communications and send information with, you know, sources and informants within those areas. Mm -hmm. I actually am on ProPublica's uh, tour site right now, and uh, their .onion site, and actually I was kind of going through, they're like, do you have a tip for ProPublica and you want to be able to contact us securely? And it shows you, like, how to navigate their website and how to, like, contact them through... Uh, various things like uh, Signal or Secure Drop. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and so as that way you, you can send it via very encrypted forms like that and Signal and Proton Mail, things like that. Right. So, so it, 
we you know the the media we use this stuff all the time sure so yeah you know the like we said earlier you know it's it's one of those things that I think a lot of people are aware of I mean the term dark web is is becoming more and more commonplace I think but it's also one of those things that the illegal and illicit stuff is is what comes to mind first. These these other uses are are largely un I don't necessarily want to say unknown, but it's not what you necessarily think of. You know, I, I think like going through this list and, and learning about this stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense why they would have that. I mean, I didn't think about it, but as I read it, like yeah, of course, the CIA has a dark web site i mean how else are people in north korea going to be able to contact them you know I so mean, i mean they have the entire bible uh, yeah as a website on right there that you can literally you know and you're like well why is that a big deal you got to remember there are you know people where places where religion is banned mm -hmm. like north korea and yeah. so they use things like that to put that out there right because they're are Christians that live in some of these places or, or at least people that are curious about what's in the Bible and they'll never be able to see a physical copy of it and if they ever got caught with them they would be executed mm -hmm. yeah so it's I don't necessarily want to say a misunderstood aspect of the internet because there definitely is dangerous illegal things that go on there but it's certainly a, a broader tent than uh, what I think first comes to mind. So, I know we've explored a little bit of the history, a little bit where it came from. Um, and again, these these tech-heavy things, uh, There's there's it's not like, you know, the, even the eSports thing, we got plenty of, of history in it. And, but, you know, the history of it, the how it works, the things you can find there. So why should our listeners care? Well, uh, again, like I said last month, I would argue that any amount of new knowledge that you gain is, is inherently better for your life. You know, knowledge is power. But I would bet that there are some people out there who would like to give the dark web a try now. You know, maybe some of the aspects of uh, being a little more secretive, a little more secure, a little more private on the internet probably appeals to a lot of people now. I mean. Every day we hear about these data breaches in, in Google and Facebook and websites where, you know, like Gitter earlier, you know, what was it, 80,000 or something like that, passwords and things were stolen? Correct, yeah, about 80,000. Yeah, so, you know, the, the less information you put out there, I think it's, it's good to have that tool in the toolbox. Mm -hmm. You know... And you can impress your less tech-savvy friends like me. <laughs> get on get on the dark web, Nick. It'll change your life. Change my life. Well, and the other thing is, you know, it, you, you, can, you can be real edgy. You can be like, oh, yeah, I was surfing the dark web the other day, and people will be like, ooh, myster mysterious. Look at this guy. He's Mr. Robot. He's, he's, a, he's a hacker criminal man. <laughs> he's the Captain Edgelord. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> what the fuck oh I, I am ashamed of, of nothing um, yeah, I think maybe the best I guess I shouldn't say best but 
certainly a very important aspect of these these more tech heavy subjects that we've been doing though is as things like the web the dark web um, internet security these these hacks that have been going on as we see them more in the news and as our lawmakers begin to discuss them more and, and you know do these live hearings where they're questioning people uh, uh, or, or, you know, reptilian androids like Mr. Zuckerberg, allegedly. <laughs> um, allegedly. <laughs> all but confirmed. All but confirmed. Um, God, his eyes are so lifeless, aren't they? <laughs> um, anyway, I, what I really hope is that these topics specifically will better help people understand what's being talked about. When when they reason, read a news article, when they hear a, an opinion host, um, when they listen to politicians debating and talking or, or you know grandstanding for the for the te- for the cameras, if you better understand the topics that they're trying to talk about, you will be able to better understand what's you know being discussed, and you'll also know when those people are just full of shit and have no idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Which... Is a good amount of the time. Yeah. Uh, the more you learn about technology, the more painful those hearings get to watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, That's... my... Just all of the... Every time they drag Zuckerberg and... Um, um, Help me out here. Who? Twitter. Uh, uh, oh God, yeah. Um, why? Why am I blanking on it? I don't name? know. And it's again, it's like right there on the tip of my tongue. I. None of it. None of this matters, guys. Is, is it Dorsey? Yeah, Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey. There, you there go. we go. And then like whatever his name is over at Google. Uh, but yeah. anyway, every time they drag those guys in to try and talk, to, like dumb it down for like these senior citizens. Oh my God, it's just that just want to complain about. I just want to like when I try and get they're like shaking their phone at them and they're like I I can't get my grandkids to like my photos because you're shadow blocking me or whatever from that the thing that the Alex Jones talked about. Oh yeah. It's like, uh, um, yeah, you'll understand that it's like we are a country run by the nut house, the uh, the old folks home really. It's Mm. uh, I, I think. I was saying to my wife uh, earlier this week, I was like, what we really, if I were to rebuild democracy, um, I would make it so that if all of the committees would be headed by a non-voting expert mm-hmm. that was for each individual thing. So it's right. not that it's, it's not a matter of, well, we brought in some people that tried to dumb it down for us. It's no, your committee is actually ran by a non-voting expert who uh, has to tell you how that you probably should do this considering how that the, um, based on the evidence that they present to you. You're, you're putting a little too much faith in humanity there, Jason. As, I know, it's uh, really, it's And it's that's all coming fr- from an eternal optimist. I know, it's all fronted by, you know, trying to get who can get the amount of lobbyists in to you know take people out to steak dinners um <laughs> the first and, thing and is to get money out of politics then you can try to get experts in there and I, not to get too 
political, but I, I think one of the worst things that happened to American politics is C-SPAN. Because the, because mo- it's... the moment cameras were in the room when debates happened, it became less about the information being debated and more about who can show off for the public the most. Yeah, what we really need is a parliamentary system where That'd be you just have yeah. people you just have people shouting and getting into fist fights like they do in the UK. Yeah. That's good that's good politics. That's good politicking right there. Alright, enough <laughs> of this crap. I think it it's going on one AM. Sure. We gotta wrap. Yeah, and I think we've I think we've unraveled the dark web pretty well so far, so <clears throat> thank you for joining us this month as we unraveled the mysteries of the dark web. Uh, I hope everyone joining us found it illuminating. Boo! You (laughs) suck! (laughs) Next month we will be exploring the third of our little trilogy of more technical topics, internet security. What is it? Where did it come from? And how can you better keep yourself more safe on the internet? Until then, I'm Nicholas. And I'm Jason. Thank you for joining us. Never stop learning. And we'll see you next month. Bye-bye.